You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello. Have you ever wondered why Second Baptist Church in a lot of cities is the Black Church? Have you ever wondered why First Presbyterian Church is almost always the White Church? Well, there's a reason for that. That's why I want to welcome you to the Griot Daily, the only podcast that'll tell you why the First Church is always the White In many towns and cities across America, especially in the South, but not exclusively in the South, and not exclusively in big cities, it's more of a small town or mid-sized town thing. The church that is the second church, like Second Baptist, Second Methodist, it's usually the black church, right? I remember when I was in college and, you know, a lot of my friends were trying to find, like, what church we were going to attend during our freshman year. We just looked in the phone book for second so-and-so church. And that's because the second church is usually the black church. And there's a reason for that. So when churches first formed in this country, and especially in most cities, they were just called blah, blah, blah church. You know, Union City Baptist, Washington City Methodist Church, or just the Methodist Church. And those churches in some places were mixed. In other places, they were, you know, white congregations because enslaved people weren't allowed, literally in in Georgia, South Carolina, and many other states, weren't allowed to worship God. So in those mixed congregations, as Christianity became really a thing before the American Revolution, we call it the Great Awakening, but, you know, don't say that out loud because they might think you're telling them to stay woke or like there was something woke about the founding of America. Don't say that. I'm, I'm allowed to say it. I got an exemption. I forgot to bring my past. But after the Great Awakening, one of the premises of the Great Awakening was to spread the gospel to the enslaved people, right? By doing that, they were saving them. It kind of made slavery tenable. And so you saw a lot of congregations that worshiped together, black and white, right? So, you know, the concept, we like to think of segregation as something that was always here and then we eliminated it. No, but segregation was a thing that started happening across the country after the Civil War. A lot of places, you know, used to worship together. There were churches that worshiped together, even in the South. They would bring their enslaved people to church. Some of them had a special seating for black people. Some of them didn't. In the mid-1800s, there started to be this clamor or this worry that there were places that were going to end slavery, especially in the South. So many of these congregations split, right, over whether they should do two things, support slavery or keep allowing black people to be members of their church. And so a lot of congregations split. That's like literally the reason there is a a congregation, the biggest congregation in America, the Southern Baptist Convention, is Southern Baptist because they split with regular Baptists over slavery. And of the 10 largest denominations in this country, Protestant denominations, nine of them split over issues of race, right? So the United Methodist Church split over race. Same thing with all of the large denominations. Some of them were not 
specifically about slavery, for instance, the uh, Church of God in Christ was, you know, founded by black people. And then when white people joined, they left and formed the Assemblies of God. So it was over race, but not specifically slavery. They just didn't want black people over them. The same is true with some of the other denominations. The only one that really never split because of issues of race is the Lutheran Church, because that's pretty much a German congregation. It has German origins, so they never really fought over racial issues. But the other nine, they did. And so when these churches split, they did two things, right? So some of them became whole new congregations, and the original congregations, the pro-slavery, the pro-segregationists, went back and changed their names to first so-and-so, Baptist first so-and-so, Methodist, to signal people, oh, this is the one that is pro-slavery. This is the original slave people. We believe in the traditional values of our denomination. We're not with that woke anti-slavery abolitionist, anti-segregationist stuff. We are the original. We are first Baptist. We are first Methodist. And some, what they would do is allow slaves to worship in a separate congregation. So they ordained pastors to preach and teach their black congregation. And so those black congregations still were affiliated with the original. They became the second Methodist church or the second Presbyterian in so-and-so city. When you see second, those were usually churches that were black that sprung out of the churches. And those first churches to signal that they were the black one, they went back and named themselves first. And what happened was some of those black churches that were started and lorded over by white people, they split from the white pastors and the white congregations and formed their own congregations. So if you see a white second where there is a white first, that was probably originally the black church. And then when the black people left, it became majority white and it might have been abolitionists. It might have been people who were just not pro-slavery. But those first churches are always the white churches. So during slavery, black people knew this. It was like a commonly known fact, right? As a matter of fact, escaped slaves or fugitive slaves knew that they could go to a second church to get refuge on the Underground Railroad. Like Second Baptist in Detroit was a stop on the Underground Railroad, right? There was second churches all throughout the South and the North that were stops on the Underground Railroad, right? And Black people generally knew that second meant safe, second meant Black. So during Reconstruction after the Civil War, because those second churches knew their names were equivalent with Black, they would be terrorized by white supremacist terrorists, right? During Reconstruction, there was a lot of violence, mob violence, terrorism. Some of those Black churches advocated for their parishioners to vote, which was untenable to those domestic terrorists during Reconstruction. So they would attack 
second churches. So some of those second churches to protect their congregations changed their names to greater so-and-so church. Some of them changed their names to so-and-so missionary church because of terrorism. But if you look through the history of a lot of old black churches, you'll see in their history that they were originally a second church. It'll say something like formerly Second Baptist Church, formerly Second Methodist Church. If you look at formerly Second Churches, almost always when you find out where they changed their name, you can almost determine that there was a slave revolt or a incident of racial or mob violence the year before, right? That's almost always how it happened. And so throughout America, there are all of these formerly Second Churches, and still there are some, like in my hometown, Second Baptist Church in my hometown was founded in 1868, still called Second Baptist, right? But if it is a formerly Second Baptist, it was probably founded somewhere between 1870 and the early 1900s. 1868 is kind of the delineating line, right? In South Carolina, 1868 was when black people wrote the Constitution of South Carolina until white people got back in charge through violence and mob threats. So why is this important to know? Because a lot of people will attend a church that is all white and not know the history of that church. Some of them will wonder why black people never come to their church. If you go to a first church, the reason why it is almost always all white is because we be knowing, right? We know that first, even more than second, means white. In many cities, like, like just think about this first. Why would a church name itself first something, right? Why would someone who doesn't have children and is not named after someone else name themselves? Like, I'm not Michael Harriet Sr., right? I wouldn't become Michael Harriet Sr. until there was a Michael Harriet Jr. You wouldn't become a first church unless there was a second and you need to delineate between the two. But why would there be two? Again, most churches didn't split because of ideological or theological reasons. They split because of racial reasons. That's good to know. So if you're new to a city, you probably want to check out the second church before you check out the first church. If you're new to a city and you can't understand why there was a first church across the street from a second church of the same denomination, and that was probably the black offshoot of the first church. And if you're wondering why all of this matters, it's because the landscape of America, every institution, every organization, there is nothing that is free from racial implications at the racial history of this country. Not even the places that worship God. But the only way you can find out is if you do your research, if you learn, and if you Okay, if you tune into The Grill Daily, maybe you subscribe or tell your friends about it. Or maybe you just download that Grill app. But, of course, we leave you with a black saying. And today's black saying is, The first shall be the last, and the second shall be the blackest. We'll see you next time on The Grill Daily. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review, download The Grill app, subscribe to the show, and to share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcast at thegrio.com. 
You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. The 80s gave us unforgettable songs from Bob Marley, De La Soul, and Public Enemy. I'm a black man, and I can never be a veteran. Being Black, the 80s is a podcast docuseries hosted by me, Torre, looking at the most important issues of the 80s through the songs of the decade. Can I have another hit? A decade when crack kingpins controlled the streets, but lost their humanity. You couldn't be like those soft, smiling, happy-go-lucky drug dealers. You had to suppress that. It was a time when disco was part of gay liberation. It provided the information to counter narratives that were given to gay people by the straight world. This is the funkiest history class you'll ever take. Join me, Torre, for Being Black the 80s on the Grio Black Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts.